Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen. Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily thoughts and comedy from Broadway super fans. From Broadway super fans. Emily. Hey. Are you awake? Nope. So sleepy. Why are you so sleepy? I slept on a bus the last two nights. Ugh. The last two nights. The things you do for musical theater. You know what's crazy? I had I went to Atlanta this week. What? Yeah. <laughs> I went to Atlanta this week to see Tuck Everlasting, which is the I would say the most I have ever done for musical theater mm. as far as travel wise. Yeah. Um, I, I mean like the furthest physically I've ever gone for musical theater, I would say is Sideshow in La Jolla, but that was also like, I was already on the West coast mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and this, I, I took a bus to Atlanta. It was such a long, <laughs> it was like such a, like our, our, okay. It was supposed to take us. I went with my friend Philip. It was supposed to take us 23 hours to get to Atlanta. Like we had a, we were leaving New York city at 11 AM on Tuesday. We were going to arrive in Marietta, Georgia. Oh my like God. Parade at like 10 AM on Wednesday. Um, and we ended up getting into Atlanta at like 6 PM on Wednesday. And when were you supposed to get in? 11 AM, no. 10 AM. Oh God. Um, Yeah. Cause our bus, one of our buses got delayed and like it was a whole thing. And it was such a, it was such a, an ordeal because I was so terrified the entire time that we had come so far and we weren't going to make it to the show because we had tickets to Tuck Everlasting on Wednesday at 730. And I am. Oh my God. And you got in at six. And we got, this is okay. So like we left New York city, we took a bus, um, our, our bus, we had a layover in Richmond in the, you know, we left at 11 AM. We had a, a Richmond, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia. We had a layover in the evening. We had like a two hour layover. We walked 10 minute walk to like a barbecue place, had dinner, hung out, no problems. Um, got on our next bus leaving Richmond, Virginia, which was going to Knoxville. And we were supposed to have a, like a one hour layover in Knoxville at like 5 Mm AM. And we had a stop in Lynchburg, Virginia, Mm -hmm. which like at like 1130 PM, then the bus driver was like, this is just a five minute stop. Like, don't get off, you know, cause you have some stops where like 20 minutes, go have a cigarette. And other ones, they're like, don't get off the bus. Like we're not actually stopping. And this one, he was like five minutes. We're just picking someone up, you know, dropping one person off. And then some, the person that we were picking up threw up on the bus, um, was clearly drunk, threw up on the bus, got kicked off the bus, was yelling something about hepatitis something who or somebody else was saying or whatever people were like it it got real Freaking crazy out. real fast Jesus. and the and then the bus driver was like well now we have to wait for a new bus and we waited 4 hours um and at that point like as soon as they were like we we have to wait 2 hours for the next bus to or a, a replacement bus to come mm-hmm. and get us i was like well we're obviously missing our connection in Knoxville um, and I, you know, looked up what the next bus was and was like, 
our plan had been to get into Marietta at 10 a.m., spend the day in Marietta. There's a Gone with the Wind museum there. Also, Parade the Musical. Um, I didn't actually have anything parade-related right. in Marietta to Marietta. see, but yeah. I wanted to go to Marietta. Um, and so at that point, we were like, we need to, we can't go, we don't have time to, like, we're going to, we need to go take the bus all the way to Atlanta yeah. immediately. Um, and we ended up spending the morning in Knoxville, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, never Did been, you never been. See that thing that they built for the world's fair that's there. It's like a the, big tower. The sun sphere. Yeah. That's what yes. it's called. I did see it nice. from afar. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we couldn't really, we didn't have a ton of, we had like sure. maybe two hours and we went and we found a coffee shop, we found excellent coffee in Knoxville, Great. walked around, found a super old cemetery. Ooh. Um, that was kind of cool. Um, and like a dilapidated high school building. Um, that was kind of cool. It had like a huge like war veteran statue outside mm. of it and stuff. So that was like kind of cool. Um, I'm kind of fine with the fact that we missed our day in Marietta because all we were going to do is probably be lost and <laughs> try and find the gone with the moon. Yeah. We would have like wasted money on a cab or whatever. Anyway, but I was so I was so paranoid the whole time that we weren't going to make That's it, cutting it to close. the show. I mean, in time. it's not in the long run. You have an hour and a half. But like right. when you don't know that that's right. when you're well, going to get Well, it was also, in. you know, that was also at the point where I was like, oh, God, what if our next connection is yeah. like, what if our next, you know. So by the time, also because then like our bus leaving Knoxville was also like half an hour late. And I was like, uh. I mean, white knuckling it. And we were like, we were driving, Philip's cousin was going to pick us up from the bus station and drive us to the theater. Like we were driving into Atlanta after, you know, we stopped in Marietta for really legitimately only five minutes. Yeah. And we were driving into Atlanta and we like, like, this is at, you know, I don't know, it's like 530, 545, something like that. And we started hitting traffic. Oh, God. And I'm like, we're so close yeah. and we're going to miss it. And then we finally get dropped off at the bus station. Now it's like. I don't know, it was maybe like 6, 6, 15, something like that. And then we're like calling Philip's cousin, not answering the phone. Finally get a hold of the cousin, describe to him where we are. And then like 15 minutes later, we're like, where are they? And then it was, oh, you know, God. and then it was like, I can't find you. Drop a pin on your map and, you know, send it like a whole thing. Finally, they get to us and we're like, Fine, you know, and now it's like, I don't know, you know, it's like 6.50 or something like that. Mm -hmm. The show's at 7.30. Google Maps says it takes like 15 minutes to drive there. So it's like, okay, okay, okay. And then we hit traffic again. So imagine me sitting in traffic knowing that I'm only like two miles, three miles from the theater and the show starts in 15 minutes and we're like sitting in traffic. And I was like, I came all this fucking way. Like I've been on a bus for like 30 hours. I'm not missing the show. We... Literally, the show is at 7.30. We walked into the lobby of the Alliance at 7.24. Oh, God. And like ran. I mean, it was also, it was opening night. Yeah. So we walked in at 7.24. There was like 100 people standing in the lobby talking. And I was like, oh, there's like the creative teams all standing there chatting with people. And then I like calmed down. We went and picked up our tickets and all that shit. And like it wasn't until I was like sitting in the seat with my playbill that I was like, it was all worth it. I'm oh, here. Like, God. and we both were like, I'm going to cry. And we yeah. were so happy to be there. Um, that sounds awful. Oh, my God. It was terrifying. It was terrifying the whole time. But then it was so, it was worth it. It was worth every minute of those 31 hours that I was on a goddamn bus <laughs> to Atlanta and sitting on a bus and, oh, God, 
so much bus. I've been on a bus so much in the last week, but it was so fucking worth it. I'm so happy that I went. I'm so grateful that I saw the show. I saw the show twice. We saw it on Wednesday with Carolee Carmelo, and we saw it on Friday with With Beth Beth Level. And it, it was awesome. It was great. The show is really good. I think That's it's good. really, really good. Um, I have some notes, but overall, I think it's excellent. Great. It's a, it's beautiful. Like, I know people saw those production photos and were like, wow, it's a beautiful production. But it's actually, like, an incredibly stunning, yeah. technically. You know what oh. also is actually really weird and interesting is when we saw Hamilton, mm-hmm. it was like that um, – Three-tiered turntable. I was like, I've never seen that. That's amazing. Tuck Everlasting also has a three-tiered turntable. The new trend in theater is the three-tiered turntable. Very interesting. Very well utilized. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. The way they used that turntable was fantastic. The set, oh, so good. So, so good. So beautiful. And the way they use it, like the the tree that that the spring comes yeah. out of, like it looks like very beautiful and very artistic. And then there's a point where Andrew Keenan Bolger like climbs it. And you're <laughs> like, that can support human weight? It looks like paper mache. Like it's so fucking beautiful. The costumes are gorgeous. Mm. And the show is beautiful. Good. Nothing. Okay. So without, I mean, I guess also because it's out of town and so you're not like giving a quote unquote Mm. review and hopefully it'll come to town so I can see it. Oh, it better. Um, Like how different were Carolee and Beth? So different. You know, here's the thing about like, okay, when I read the book, which I only read the book about two years ago when the show Mm. was announced... When, I, when they were like, we're going to Boston. Carolee Carmelo's in this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I should study up. And I read the book for the first time. And I was like, wow, Car- like what a perfect part for Carolee. Yeah. That's like dead on in her wheelhouse mm-hmm. completely. Like motherly and, and yeah. but also like badass. Um, and then when they were like, Beth Lovell's replacing her. Like I say yes to everything that Beth Lovell is Absolutely. in. But I was also like, that's like a weird part for Beth Lovell. It's not... Mm-hmm. Because, like, the character is, like, very warm and motherly. And Beth Lovell is very warm, but she's also, like, brassy. And oh, yeah. Beth Lovell is, like, brassy, like, 100% of the time. So I was like, how is this going to – how is she going to be so brassy? And she was just so wonderful and, like, mm, you just wanted to, like, hug her. Um, I mean, you wanted to hug both of them because that's, like, what the character is, like, right. very, like, caring. Um <sighs> It was so, it was, I'm so, I love seeing different people do yeah. the same part and it's different and it's so cool. I love it. Ugh. The show was so great. Super great. I think it's so weird because I'm like a New York narcissist that shows like that happen. Full scale productions of new musicals, like of not just like somebody decided to write a musical, but by theater professionals. And that's all they get. What? Like there's not necessarily life beyond that. They might oh. be they might be licensed, but usually in order to get licensed, you have to have more exposure than just like I mean this show is definitely But do you know what I mean? I think this this sounds like it has potential to and it will. Um Oh, you mean our New so York jaded thing where we don't think that important theater happens outside of New York City? A little bit, but then also it sucks that if it doesn't come to New York might not get the exposure uh, beyond that, like Atlanta gotcha. run I see. or whatever. Mm. It sounds like it's a show that a lot of people should see and yeah. that theater should be doing. Right. 
So, um, well, from everything I understand, um, the Alliance Theater does really, really amazing right. work on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. It was great. I, I, I got a bone to pick about the ending. And I'm going to talk about it freely, even though it's still, you know, I would consider this technically a work in progress Mm -hmm. Um, because uh, maybe they'll hear me and they'll change it (laughs) because I hate, I actually like really, really viciously hated the ending. (gasps) Um, Viciously. Viciously, violently hated the ending. Oh, man. So, spoiler alert, I hope you're familiar with Talk Everlasting. If you're not and you really don't want to be spoiled, stop listening Jump now. Ahead. Jump ahead um, and buy the book and read it because it's actually like one of the – Oh, my God. Also, when we were there on opening night, um, um, Nat- Natalie Babette, the woman that wrote the book, oh, was amazing. there. She was in the audience and she's like 90. It was amazing. Oh, oh my God. Amazing. And yeah, it was great. It was very cool. Um, anyway, so basically the show is about a young girl, Winnie, who's like 11 – And she lives in a small, like, one-road town in New Hampshire in the late 1800s. And her father is dead, and she lives with her mother and her grandmother. And she basically, you know, it's summertime, and she, like, is spending every day cooped up in the house, like, studying the capitals. And, like, Mm. her mother is quizzing her on, basically homeschooling her over the summer. She's not allowed to go. Out, she's not allowed to like go. She's like always asking to like play in the yard, and her mother is like, no, you know. (laughs) Her mother's like extremely protective of her, and her family also owns like they own the house, and they also own like a wooded area, big woods behind their house. Um, Fancy, yeah. And so she like convinces her mother to let her play in the yard, and then she decides to run away because she is like wants to have an adventure. Yeah, you know. So she runs away into the forest and is sort of like hanging around, like looking around the forest. And she sees this young teenage boy, well, older teen, you know, she's 11, he's 17. Yeah. And he's like drinking from this spring and he is like, oh, he like freaks out. And, <laughs> and she's like, like, oh, I'm going to drink from that spring water. And then he like really freaks out. And then his mother shows up and then they kidnap her um, and take her back to the house. And then she finds out that they, the spring water is magic and they are invincible. They're living forever. Yeah. And they're all like a hundred years old or or the the boy who Jesse, who is 17 is actually 104. Mm. So the book is about her learning about, you know, because she's like, I'll drink the spring water and I want to live forever. And then they're like, here's all the reasons why you don't want to do that. Um, So it's like an essential book for like young people to to start a conversation but talking about death. Yeah. Um, And I think it's like I read it as a, you know, 24-year-old or whatever. And it was- reread it. I haven't read it since I was probably Winnie's age. Yeah. I I think it's one of those books that is like, great like accessible for children um but is also like it's like a pixar movie ah yeah you know like layers there was a great joke in there where because so jesse the 17 year old is like at a certain point is like winnie 
wait six years till you're 17, you're the same age as I am, and then drink, and then we'll like spend <gasps> eternity having adventures or whatever. And she's very tempted by that yeah. offer. And then, but like in that moment, she's like, why don't I just drink right now? And he's like, you should wait until you're 17. And mm-hmm. she's like, why? What's the difference? And he's like, there's a difference. You'll know later. Uh, and then like all the adults in the audience were like, ha, 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 ha. Um, what? Why are you making that face? Because he just wants a boner. No. When she's 17. It's I mean, that's the joke. Like, though. I I mean, yes. I honestly that is that's not the vibe though. The mm-hmm. vibe is like the vibe you get from Jesse is not that he well, wants to fuck think- her. Like, like that he he wants a companion. Sure. And it's never like in the book and in the musical, it's never implied that it is necessarily romantic. What about the movie adaptation? The movie adaptation should burn <laughs> in hell. <laughs> I've actually never seen it, but I they aged her up and made they aged her up and yeah, that's yeah. so stupid. That um, defeats the purpose. No, anyway, I, I started. I understand this, what you're saying. Sorry, that no, was that's just okay. that's the joke. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, the it's less vulgar like, than what makes, I said, well, but I that's guess, the joke. Even my interpretation of yeah. that moment in the show was not that he was saying, "Oh, there's a difference. I need you to be old enough so I can have sex with you." Mm-hmm. But no, there's a difference. You'll want to go through puberty oh, because you'll want to know what sex is like. I see. You know, it's like okay, that makes sense. The the young girl who's a vampire in Interview with a Vampire. Or Kirsten she, Dunst. Yeah, I forget what the character's name is. But yeah, because she gets turned into a vampire when she's like, right. you know, eight or whatever. And she intellectually becomes an adult, but right. physically is still a child yeah. and is trapped in this horrible, horrible, awful existence. All right. I get you, girl. Anyway, the whole reason I gave this long Sorry. synopsis. I interrupted you. Um, because I wanted to get to the point of why I hated the ending yes. so much. Because... In the book, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, um, there's a man, uh, a man in a yellow suit who is played by Terrence Mann and is fucking genius. Um, but he f- ha- like has heard legends about like this family mm-hmm. that never ages and, you know, kind of like spies on them and figures out what's going on and then is like holding them hostage um, being like, I, you know, I want control over the the forest and the right. spring and I'm going to start selling it to people. And they're mm-hmm. like, dude, that's like a disaster. What the fuck? And then overpopulation. Spoiler alert. He is like, he's like holding Winnie and trying to force, he's like, I'm going to, to verify that the water is the water. Right. I'm going to make Winnie drink the water. I'm going to shoot her. her. Yeah. And if she's still alive, then I will know that this is the real water. And then Ma whacks him over the head um, and kills him. And that's when the sheriff shows up Uh and arrests her. In the book, she like gets arrested and goes to jail and then they break her out of jail in the the musical. They wrap it up in one scene. Well done. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically like Winnie... Winnie takes the fall for for May Mm -hmm. and... um, then they're like, you, you know, families, you have to like go away and never, never, never come back. Because part of their existence is that they don't, they live, they don't, they like split up and every 10 years they get back together to see each other, but they can't be around each other because people notice that they're right. not aging and blah, blah, blah. Right. So in the book that they leave, Jesse like leaves Winnie with like a vial of water and is like, drink this when you're 17 and come find me or like, mm-hmm. I'll come find you and we'll have an adventure or whatever. 
And she pours the water on this toad in her yard and is like, toad, live forever. And then is also like, if I ever want to drink from the spring, like, I know where it is. Yeah. So options okay. still there. Right. Um, and then it jumps to like a hundred years later and the tucks come back to the town in New Hampshire and find Winnie's grave and yeah. just like read her grave and see that she lived to be like mm-hmm. 95. Um, and that's the end of the book. Yeah. So in the musical, they get to the point where Winnie dumps, puts the water on the toad. Then there's a ballet and the ballet is basically like, Winnie comes home and her family and her mom's super happy to have her back. Then she grows up and she, uh, there's like a, uh, another character of a, a younger man who then she has flirtations with. They get married. Um, they have a kid. Her kid gets older. Um, her kid becomes a man. Um, her child then is an adult and meets a woman and he gets married, and then she is like a grandmother, or actually, I don't know that's that's her, but anyway. And then, like, her grandmother dies, and her mother dies, and then her husband dies, and then she's, you know, at the end of her life or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, like, all the people in her life kind of very um, big fishy. Okay. Where everyone comes mm-hmm. back and yeah. is, like, surrounding her or whatever. And then it sort of goes into, shows, shows the tucks, like, looking at her grave. Okay. Um, so that completely and utterly ruins the entire show for me. Why? Because the whole point of the book is that she, like, you should have a life. In the book, you don't know what Winnie does with her life. Mm -hmm. You know that she has one, but you don't know what she did with it. And the musical was like, (laughs) she got married, she had kids, and then that was her life. And that infuriated me. Oh, I That it was see. like, come on, Winnie, you've got to have a life. You've got to have a life of value. Mm-hmm. And the way to have a life of value is to get married and have kids. Hmm. That, oh my God. I was like, the first time we saw it on Wednesday, I was like, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this mm. happening? And then when we saw it on Friday, I it was like nails on a chalkboard oh. to me. I was so angry hmm. that... Like, it it doesn't matter what she did with her life. And it should be ambiguous. It should mm. be, she had a life. And that's the, the message you should take away from the show is that, like, life is precious and having a life is the most important part. Not any specific kind of life or what you mm. did with your life. Because, like, that's not the point. The point is that she had a life. Yeah. Not what she did with it. We don't need, I don't want to know what she did with her life. I want to leave it up to each person's imagination. Because if you left it up to each person's imagination, me, I would be like, she's, you know, traveled the world and like was a was the first woman to go to college or like whatever. Yeah. Like I would have all of my thoughts that I would yeah. put onto her and someone else would be, would think that she got married and had kids because that's what they want. You know, like yeah. then each person can have their own interpretations of like what a valuable life is. Don't fucking tell me what makes a valuable life because I do not agree of what your interpretation is. I'm like in all cases of all the world am exhausted by people telling me that the only way to have a valuable life is to get married and have kids Mm. or that like, oh, if you have like having kids is the most rewarding and you just wouldn't know. Like I never want to have children. Yeah. So that like ruined the show Mm. for me. Please cut that entire ballet. Get rid of it. It doesn't belong in the show. It ruins it. That's all. Okay. <laughs> I really thought it was going to be something else. That makes complete sense as to why 
you feel that way. Right. And I completely understand what you're saying. I just thought it was going to be like, and then a bear came out and killed them all. Or like, <laughs> like something that. I do not have, I I am trying to reconcile the fact that I do not believe they will get rid of that because the the entire audience was like, (laughs) Neverland. Yeah. (laughs) It's so sad. Like everyone in the audience was crying and I was enraged. Oh, it made me so, it made me so angry. Hmm. So stupid. What a dumb ending. Hmm. But everything else was great. That's good. I mean, I have other notes, but like for the most part, like I'm not going to nitpick. Um, I think for where like the little bit of rough history it's mm-hmm. had as far as like a canceled product, like it was in <sighs> great shape. I'm trying to the set was so fucking cool. Mm. It was really good. It was great. Carolee Carmelo's the way the light, the truth, the dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's wonderful. She gets to use a little bit of her uh young, young Amy. lady voice. Yeah, young lady voice at the beginning of the show. The oh. first the first song is like all the tucks. Um, they each have a verse like describing like a really like amazing day or like a really amazing moment in their life and and that feeling you have when you have something wonderful and you're like this is so good like mm-hmm. I will, could I want to stop time and live like this forever. Is yeah, the, the lyric. Um, which is like why it's so good. It's so good because it's like you start with them in their moment of being like I wish I could stop time and live this. I want to stop time forever. And then the ramifications yeah. of what actually happens when you have that and what that's actually like. Yeah. You know? And it's so funny because people are people write so many things about that, like like living forever. Mm. And there's it's always like, but it's not great. Yeah. But people keep writing about it. Well, because which I means think people we, keep thinking about right, it. Right. Absolutely. I love Christmas. We can't have Christmas every day or Christmas isn't special anymore. <laughs> What's your favorite Into the Woods line? The moments. Ah. Uh, if life were made of moments, yeah. you'd never know you had one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of the one of the parts of, in the show that they talk a lot about, that the Tucks talk about, is that the only memories that matter to them or the only memories that are really memories are the ones before they drank the water. Mm-hmm. Because everything that happened after they drank the water and became invincible it's all, it's like a blur. It all just, the year, the days, the weeks, the years, that all blurred together. How long, how long does the water keep them going? Do they have to have a supply of N- No, they drink once and they're oh. done. Well, then why was, Jesse was just drinking it for fun? Yeah, he was thirsty. Oh. He was just thirsty. <laughs> well, that that was like their meeting spot. I he was see. meet because he was coming back me, after 10 years. that would make it seem like you have to keep right, drinking Right, right, right. It. No, I think he was just like thirsty. It's like the elixir And he knew life. that he oh, could drink okay. out of that. But okay. Yeah. Um, good. Yeah. Well, I hope I get to see it. Oh God! It it it. I really, really hope that it comes because I would. It's really good. It's really beautiful. I would like a cast recording immediately, please. Mm. Um, music's great. One of the nights we were sitting on on Friday, we were sitting in front of, um, either Tyson or Miller. Not sure which one. (laughs) But one of them, um, which was really cool because I did feel like he, I, I had like a, I had a profile view of him mm-hmm. and I, I was like, could tell that he could like hear us, obviously oh, could hear yeah. us like enjoying the show. But like, like my friend Philip, who I was with also has a very loud mm-hmm. laugh. So there was like times when we were like, <laughs> laugh, That's laugh, laugh, very loud. And the woman who he was with was like poking him being like, Ooh, they like it. They like it. And I was <laughs> like, you're welcome. 
<laughs> it's real good. <laughs> I almost thought about telling him that I tried to see it in Boston two years ago, but then mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of like yeah, a weird, yeah, awkward yeah, it's thing. It's a weird thing to bring up. But because all I really am like, I'm just like, I'm a super fan. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I went. Anyway, good. what else did I do? Musical theater? Oh, my oh, God. I was going to say. Well, first of all, I just have to say that like seeing a show with Carolee Carmelo when you're in Atlanta I mean, we could right. not shut the fuck up about Parade. Like everything, <laughs> everything the whole time yeah. we were there was like, we just kept on being like, where are the rolling red hills? Yeah. Where are they? <laughs> like, there was actually a moment, not when we were in Georgia, when we were driving through Virginia into Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, real hilly there. Real, And like there was a time, I like, you know, I was exhausted and like sleeping and I woke up like when the sun was rising um, and we were driving, there was like, I, I looked out and I was like, oh, yeah, they look like rolling red hill. They do. <laughs> and then I like fell back asleep. Yeah. <laughs> but like funny. I had a moment where I was like, oh. Um, but yeah, so I, we sang a lot of parade to each other. Mm, there was one, good. one of the days we got, um, we got in a cab and the cab driver was like, like we handed us like the, you know, the cord and was like, do you want to put music on? And we were like, yes. So we put on parade and we started listening and singing to parade sure. in the cab. And, and then when we got the cab dropped us off. We were like, thanks. Thanks for letting us play music. And he was like, I like hearing all the different things that people play. And we were like, you're welcome for the musical theater. And he was like, this was different. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, it was great. And um, let's see. Oh, we went to, we visited Lucille Frank's grave. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was cool. I got to say that was it. It's interesting because... um, she was cremated mm-hmm. and buried in between the plots that her parents are in. Okay. In this in this cemetery in, in like uh, Atlanta. And um she didn't have a grave marker. Oh. But somebody put a grave marker there. I would like to know who it was mm. um, because it was just a little, it was like a little stone plaque that was clearly just like placed there. Also, like I want to know who it was because it was extremely Christian in style. Oh. And she's Jewish. Yeah. Um, like it had an angel on it and it said like rest. I forget what it. I have a picture of it. Hold up. Yeah. So it has a, it's a stone piece. It has a angel on it and like a heart cut out of it. And it said forever with the angels, always in our hearts, Lucille Frank. And see. then like the dates. And Jews don't believe in angels. So mm. that is like a very... Maybe it was like the production people and it wasn't necessarily... The production people? Like of Parade. Like I, the producers that, or something. I no, don't know. They wouldn't do Who that. Who else would do it? Some weirdo fan. Did you know. do it? <laughs> I would have put a big old <laughs> well, Jewish true. star on it. <laughs> yeah, it was very... It was weird mm. to me. Um that it was so Christian, but we in the Jewish tradition placed um, stones on on see there that. because when Jewish people, when you visit a grave, you're supposed to leave a stone on the headstone to like mark. I don't know, mark that you've been there. I'm not. I can't remember why we do that, but <laughs> we do it. Um, yeah, it was weird, but yeah, it was. It was. It was kind of cool. And she's so she's buried in between her parents yeah. and also next to like her grandparents and like her brother. They're like all there. Hmm. I was like, that's, that's nice that they used wanna, her married name. 
Yeah. Just because, I don't know, if you're in the family plot. She and, never was remarried. And there's like that weird history. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean, she, yeah, she never, I'm pretty sure she didn't remarry or anything. Well, I imagine um, not because she'd probably be married with her husband. Right, but yeah. Um, that's crazy. Hey, who else's grave did you visit? On our way back, we we left Atlanta on a more bus. <laughs> uh, we left Atlanta. Like, we saw the show on Friday and again uh, again for the second time with Beth Lovell and our we had a bus leaving Atlanta at midnight um so going to Charlotte so then oh my god it was also like like Charlotte's like not that far away from Atlanta mm-hmm. so we got into Charlotte we got into Charlotte at like 4:30 maybe in the morning and um the graveyard didn't open until 8 a.m. So we went to a Waffle House. Ah, yes. Hung out at a Waffle House for like three hours. Um, and then we went to Daisy and Violet Hilton's grave, um, which is in Charlotte. It's which weird is, that you're like smiling. About I it. know. It was like <laughs> while we were on our way, I was like, I'm so excited. Is that fucking weird? Like it's. It I mean, is, I don't think it's weird. It is weird. But I mean, it's it's weird to be excited about seeing a dead person's grave but yeah. like i don't know as opposed to a live they person's like grave. M- yes <laughs> <laughs> they mean so much to me right, you know right. That's why i don't think and it's and i've never seen like i've seen the show but i've never like seen like they're so they're real like nothing so, tangible nothing yeah i've never yeah. seen or experienced anything tangibly about them so being able to go to their grave yeah. like was special um yeah it was i have to say it was like cool it it was we spent a lot, like a, a while there, like yeah. like at their grave, just thinking about them. I clean, I cleaned some dirt, some old dead leaves off of their 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 That's headstone, nice. and we left. How come stones. they have two headstones? Okay, so interesting. Um, they so you know, in like a graveyard, like there'll be like a big headstone that'll just have the last name, yeah, and like, then there'll be like, like the if family. There's a family plot, yeah, yeah. So basically. When they were living in Charlotte and they were like, they had been abandoned in Charlotte by their Mm -hmm. manager and they were working at this grocery store and they like actually seems to have found a a good community to live in and were well loved and taken care of in the Mm -hmm. community. Um, When they died, there was a man who was somehow acquainted with them in town whose son had died in Vietnam a few years earlier who had like, he had like a family plot and he, I'm assuming he took on the funeral costs for them Mm -hmm. and had them buried next to his son. Um, So that's why they're buried. That's why there's the two, it looks like there's two headstones Mm because there's their like headstone that's in like in the ground. Yeah. I don't know if that has a different name for it. I think marker, I guess. Yeah. And then the They're like grave marker and then there was like the family marker. Oh, okay. That they're like underneath this family marker that is not their family. Uh. Um and then so yeah, but they're because they're on the, there. Yeah, because yeah. like on the other side of it, it said like Troy Johnson. Gotcha. Okay. Um <laughs> and then on their side it said Daisy Violet Hilton and then mm. they had their other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, and there was some little, there was little, there was like some little angel statues that people had left there. And we left, we left stones at their gravesite as well. One for each. Good. We left one, one for Daisy, one for Violet, each of us. It was, it was, it was great. I'm really glad we stopped. Good. And got to, got to see them. I'm glad you stopped too. Yeah. Oh, Daisy. Oh, Violet. I miss Sideshow so fucking bad. Mm. So much. I miss that show. But also, oh my God, I... 
would say that I'm a parody of myself, but like, this is really, <laughs> this is just who I am. Like mm-hmm. legitimately, this is me. When we were at like the Waffle House at the crack of like 5 a.m. or whatever, and I don't even remember what ticked me off. Something on my phone alerted me to the fact that Aaron, Davey, and Emily Pageant have a 54 Below show <laughs> on the books, and I was unaware of that. And Maybe I, it was a Google alert? No, it wasn't. If somebody, It must have been like a tweet that I saw oh. or something like that. I forget. But I was all of a sudden like... <laughs> <laughs> and I on went on to the interwebs on my phone and like bought a ticket to their show like while we were like waiting for the graveyard to open oh, so we geez. could see Daisy and Violet's <laughs> grave. So that's a weird thing that happened. Yep. But you know, that's what's up. Yeah. I'm so glad we went. Yeah. Good. It was worth all the bus. It was so drama. worth all the bus drama. And I am now I'm like, listen, bus drama is bus drama, but like it was so worth it. Yeah. And, and now I feel like I just wanna now I'm like, yeah, I can be on a bus for 30 hours. What else can I? Because I feel like, you know, when when things get announced in yeah. places, we're like, listen, we'll go to Boston. Easy. We'll go yep. to D.C. Easy. Yep. We'll go to Philly. Philly easy. I'm still. Everything. Are, that's it. The, right. For you. You're, I mean, I went. I drove we to a car. Maybe sure. like Vermont. Like, you know, there's theaters. Not Vermont. Where's that? Maine. That crazy theater mm. where um, Clay Aiken did Joseph. No, uh, Clay can do Joseph in, in Carolina because he's from there. Because Beth Lovell also did. I'm pretty sure it was in Maine with Kiala Settle. Are you sure? Yeah. Maybe I'm just thinking of the Drazzy Chaperone he did he's in the done, Carolinas. He's done stuff in Beth. Carolina. Because that was the other thing. I even thought about it even though it was in Maine because, A, I want to go to Maine. But, mm. B, it was only like a week long or something. So I was like, nope. Yeah, at Maine's Agoonquit. What? Playhouse. Oh, Native American words. Yeah, sorry for so many things, Native Americans. We're sorry Um, for all of it. (laughs) Yeah, it was in Maine. Oh. Uh, Like, you know, something up there. Yeah, I mean, I definitely... I don't know, a car where I I can control that situation because you already know that I'm a crazy person. Sure. I don't know But the same type of thing could happen in the car if the car broke down on the side of the road and you called AAA... I'm not even a member of AAA. I don't even know. If, I don't know that I can call AAA. But what would you? You know, you could get. You, your I'm car not saying break there's not the extenuating side. circumstances, even if I were flying somewhere. Sure. But I feel like so much more can go wrong in a bus. Also, then I can control my own comfort on, in a car. <laughs> All right. I mean, I drove. I am like. I feel like the world is my oyster. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I know that I can tolerate yeah. the bus. Yeah. Um I drove to um Pittsburgh to see Rachel right. York and anything goes. That right. was a that was like at the time up I think up until this trip I was like that's like the craziest thing I've done I for mean, musical theater. Yeah. I can handle long road trips. My family and I took them all the time. And yeah. I still do. Sometimes I'll go back to Chicago with my sister and her fucking kids. Mm, that's uh, like a long drive. Stop in Ohio, but it's like 14 hours yeah. total with kids actually. It's like 18 or 20. <laughs> um but I don't know. I have to be in charge. <laughs> yeah, Philip and I were talking about going to like Toronto mm. or Montreal or something. Mm. So I was like, I have all these places I want to go. Yeah. yeah. I would love to have the money to do <clears throat> these types of trips via train. Oh, I would be on board with a train, but train costs as much as a plane, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, while you were in Atlanta, I was here mm. <laughs> and I saw Lady Be Good. At awesome. Encores. Yeah. Um, it 
was made Another in Another crazy nonsense show at Encore? 1924. 24. And not, That's it has before not musical been theater. revised. Yeah. Oh, it hasn't been revised. Ten years before Anything Goes. And think of all the changes that Anything Goes went through. Yeah. When to was make Showboat? it a coherent like, musical. When was Showboat? I feel like Showboat was in the in the in like the late 20s. Yeah. Pre-Showboat. Pre-Showboat. Showboat was in 1927. So was it just like nonsense sketches? It, was there no, like a I mean, there is a story, story, but it's essentially a very loose story with, that serves the musical numbers, not mm, vice versa. Right. Tommy Toon's role was no role <laughs> except to do two tap numbers, which is great. Yeah. But in the first act, he is like, for some reason, these two men kept carrying a set piece across the stage like they did it three times <laughs> one was because the, so the story is that brother and sister who are played by um patty murren and dan gardner uh who in the original were played by fred and estelle astaire oh um they are evicted because it's like the depression and they're broke but they're like too proud i don't know i didn't understand <laughs> um they seemed like they came from money, but I think they were just those kind of people who pretended to be. Huh. And he was going to give up on the the love of his life, who was also poor, and marry Jennifer Laura Thompson, who was this obnoxious heiress. Ooh, but she liked him. I wish I'd seen Jennifer Laura uh, Thompson no, play No, she it. had no songs. What? So, she sang like a bar of music. What? I mean, she was delightful right, in the rest of it. sure. But what... No songs, Jennifer. I know. How dare you? How dare you? It wasn't until, it was like when I saw Giant and realized that Bobby Steggert hadn't had a song until he started singing at the like second to the last number. (laughs) When she had that little like bar of, like that's all it was. And I was like, (gasps) (laughs) you're like so offended, retroactively offended. You you haven't sung anything. I was very, very upset. Jennifer Laura Thompson's the shit. But so he's going to marry her so that they can have money because also he's like trying to take care of his little sister. But then the little sister finds out about a scheme um, (laughs) that she can be a part of. And this show, as is the style of the times, was not without its exotic racism character. Oh, no. Which, to be fair, not to be fair, but to be honest, the character itself didn't have to be as racist as 2015 made it with its costuming and the fact that it was played by a white man wait what wait please explain in detail okay. so that's that's one storyline he is gonna take care of their problem by marrying jennifer laura thompson. jennifer laura thompson patty murn on the other hand is dealing with this crooked lawyer that everybody knows who's played by douglas sills who's amazing <gasps> i love I him know. again really great performances and really great people didn't really miss anything show wise right, i think right um Douglas Sills plays this crooked lawyer who's working for this Mexican gentleman. That's I think that's mostly what they call him. Um, he does not have to be anything other than played by a Hispanic person, which he is not. Oh, God. And the guy comes out in like a poncho oh and a God. sombrero. Oh, my God. Are you and fucking like kidding me? a fake black mustache. I'm speechless with rage. What the fuck? I'm so offended. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Actually, well, I'm not. I mean, I am offended on everyone's behalf, and I'm just I mean, disappointed in encore. Aside from the sort of fetishism of exoticism right. that was in most of these shows, which is not good, obviously. That's what that's what the the ick was in the original show, right? And it could have been dealt with 
in like who played that part. Um, can I see a picture? Richard Poe. He looks like Leslie Nielsen. Encores. What the fuck? That's a white guy. That's just a white guy. Hey, Aaron, Jen, Jeff Miller was in this too. <laughs> yeah, Jeff Miller. Oh my God, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Mackey, yeah. and every. Oh, and Colin Donnell, Circle of Rock Band, nineteen ninety eight. <laughs> His headshot. Colin Donnell played a hobo. What? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Wait, but like this is actually this is legitimately like no, unsettling. it was it was a oh, and Kirsten Wyatt, yeah, Damn she it. was great. I love her. She, she plays great. all the elves. <laughs> yes, yes, that's her. right. She's so funny. Um, Wait, but why? I, Wait, I but don't like know. why? I don't know but why. Why I don't wouldn't know. she just put him I'm in a assuming suit? Because like, were there jokes about him no, being like, "Hey, I'm look saying. at that Mexican"? No, and again, aside the. So the only like af- aside from what they put him in, the only offensive thing like in, the in the show mm. is that okay, I need to like explain Patty Burns' <laughs> role in this whole thing. So Douglas Sills, the crooked lawyer, is representing um this Mexican gentleman who a very rich man has died in this area. Okay. And he this man is like, My daughter married his grandson. And the grandson is dead and she needs to get her inheritance. Ah. But she couldn't be here because she's in jail. <laughs> because she bit the ear off our old lawyer. So don't you fuck up. What? I don't know. What? I don't know. So he's like, Patty Murren, pretend to be Mexican. Oh. <laughs> but you're pretending to be Mexican, white guy? Well, no. Douglas Sills is saying that. Oh, Douglas Mexican. Sills is asking yeah. her to pretend to be Mexican. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because um, the, the guy was like, you got to find someone to to pretend to be my or daughter. I'll bite because, your ear off. Because she's in jail and she might bite your ear oh off. So so the the quote, on, you know, I don't know, the, the most offensive thing is A, Patty Murray pretending to be Mexican. What Although it was very wear? funny. Well, she wears like... Like a flamenco outfit, which is Spanish. And I'm not saying that that oh didn't God. also like infiltrate because it did. It's, uh, you know, Spain owned Mexico. So that's. Part well, it's one of, of it, those things where you're like, okay, is this like a really well done joke where you're like, they're like pretending to be Mexican and they don't know how to pretend to be <laughs> hey, Mexican. So they're mixing cross I think cultures. It was mostly the Gershwin's fault, not really, right. but where they like wrote a flamenco oh. number. Oh my God, you fucking idiots. <laughs> So, and then they were speaking um, gibberish Spanish. What? Not like like saying, because she didn't speak Spanish, but nobody else spoke Spanish. So she was like, Taco Burrito, San Francisco. I'm, wow. Uh, wow. Just, wait, so did the white guy that was playing the Mexican guy speak real Spanish? No, he only spoke English. And then he was only in like one scene. Oh my God. He could have been a dancer that they like. Oh my God, pulled from like the a Hispan- Even if you didn't want to hire a Hispanic principal or like try it's and also, figure out how to. I it's don't know. so frustrating. Know, know. And, and it's also just- like shocking to me because Encores is like. Encores is great about like casting their ensembles. Yeah. With that's like. True. Black people. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> like that's. A, that's like. That is like a. That's like the least you could have possibly yeah. done and i and like i love encores and i think they do a lot of great work but they do like the absolute they're like hey look how great we did our ensemble is in all white we've got two black people in it they had two black people well done like not well done though like yeah. fuck you I hire know. some 
fucking non-white people. Like, oh, I'm so angry. It didn't, and it didn't have to, the way it was written, it didn't have to, but Jeff Hiller spoke uh, fluent Spanish, so he didn't actually have to, but like, that's how it was sort of exposed. But it turned out that the hobo played by Colin Donnell. Wait, so who does Jeff Hiller play? Jeff Hiller plays a comic relief uh, uh, who with Kristen Wyatt, nice. um, who are just friends with Jennifer Laura Thompson. I don't know, and he like hallucinates things and has a imaginary pet what? friend iguana. Wait, but he's the what purple iguana? Oh my god, it's imaginary! It I can't was, wait until Encore starts doing shows from like the eighties, crazy, the 90s and it was stops doing crazy. Like Encore's no more shows that predate Showboat. Tommy Tune's second act number. He oh well okay so the reason they explained Tommy Tunes being there at all was in the first <laughs> act they're at a party they go uh um uh Patty Murren and Danny Gardner go to this party to be like she's um Jennifer Laura Thompson's gonna be there I'm gonna ask her to marry me and um Patty Murren's like don't do that you love Aaron Mackey and he's like uh-huh. we're broke sis <laughs> um so at the party she agrees to do the the Mexican, Mexican thing, thing. Oh, and he uh is gets engaged to Jennifer Laura Thompson but at one point they're like like fighting with each other and these guys come across the stage with this set piece and then when they keep walking Tommy Tune is behind oh. it in a bright red suit and they're like, he's like, what's, he had like one line. I can't even remember what it was, but he like joked about it. Like he was like looking at his binder like, ooh. And he like read it like, what's going on here? Like purposefully to be like, I'm reading my line. Uh. Like very fourth wall. Uh. Uh. And then they were like, hey, get out of here. What are you doing? Uh, and then he does and a tap number? No, well, <laughs> Patty Murren's like, Professor, because that's his character's name. <laughs> what? Get out of here. We're having a private conversation. You were here. You were, you're only here to entertain the guests. Oh my God. And then they leave and then he does a tap number. That's and in the second act, after a scene that has nothing to do with him, <laughs> he comes on and is just like, now it's time for my second act specialty. And he does a, na- a tap number <laughs> oh. in a blue suit. Oh, pre-showboat. Yikes. But I don't. I think the Mexican thing, obviously, I knew you would hate. Yeah. But there is another thing that I think you would really hate Uh-oh. Um, in the second act. And I it was so weird and seemingly out of character. What was it? Everybody's happy and a little dim. Like, everybody okay. is. Okay. Sure. Um, in that, like, we're all just having a good time at the theater sort of way. In the second act, Danny Gardner. Okay. Um, and Patty Murren are like having another fight because he's like, you're up to something. What are you up to? And she's wearing her like Spanish flamenco dress. Uh Um, and then he figures it out and he's like, listen, sis, this isn't up to you. It's up to me. I'm, Uh, which I mean, to be fair, at least at the time, he felt like he needed to provide for her. Um, but she was trying to do something she was had a plan neither no plan is good in this situation (laughs) but she had a plan and she was doing something so that her brother wouldn't have to marry someone he didn't love then they sing this crazy song called i'd rather charleston where he's like he's like come on sis let me take care of this uh, stop doing what you're doing. You're, he, I think he, he doesn't call her stupid, but essentially is like, I'm the brains of this outfit. I think that's a line. <laughs> and she's like, I'd rather Charleston. And she's just oh like, I don't want to talk about this. I just want to dance. 
And it makes like no, no sense, sense. <laughs> character wise. And again, pre showboat. But oh, like God. that whole song. It all sounds awful. It was ridiculous. There's just. <sighs> then they did this crazy Swiss Miss yodel number. What the fuck? I don't know. At the party, she was like, oh, I found us a job, bro. Because she thought she messed up. Because, oh, Colin, Colin Donald, the hobo, turns out not to be the hobo. He's obviously. Secret millionaire? Secret millionaire. God He's the dead grandson who's not actually <laughs> dead. Wait, so who marries him? Patty Murren marries him. That's funny. And then everybody gets married. Literally, everybody gets married at the end. Oh, and Tommy Toon Wait, comes so out. Wait, so Patty Murren stole the millionaire's fortune from the Mexican? There was no Mexican. He the um, the Mexican gentleman made her up to steal the fortune. Wait, so, okay, so wait, so are they trying, was the Mexican gentleman supposed to be a white person pretending to be Mexican to trick them into giving They're the money? They're not that smart. Right, that's he what I just figured. Was, that was just because, that smart. Because um, he had been in Mexico, um, the hobo, Colin Donald, had been in Mexico. So that guy thought, oh, I came across him in Mexico, I know he has money, I don't know if he thought he was dead or if he's just like, I'm going to get up here and take his money or something. Jeff Hiller had also been in Mexico with him. And because Jeff Hiller saw things and like hallucinated things when he was like, no, no, he's alive. Everybody's like, you're crazy. Oh, my God. It was nuts. I guess um, do acid and go see this show. Well, it closed today. (laughs) But if anyone does a production of Lady Nobody will. Oh, man. Can you imagine how much work they had to do on Anything Goes? And this one, they were like, as is. Oh, my God. And also, I, and Anything Goes is still extremely racist. Also, well, yeah. In 1924, the $7 million was what, his fa- was what his grandfather left him. That's a lot of fucking money. In 1924. That's like and being like, a billionaire. Her share. So Douglas Sills as the lawyer for helping this Mexican gentleman was going to get $100,000. Wow. And he was going to give Patty Murren $50,000. Wow. Can you believe that? Damn. Half of his share. What a nice lawyer. What a nice guy. It was Wow. It was That's crazy. Like, so so to... Douglas Sills ends up marrying Jennifer Laura Thompson. Who did Douglas Sills play again? I forget. The lawyer. He plays lawyer. So yeah. he marries Jennifer. Everybody gets married in the end. Yeah. Big group Jeff wedding. Hiller and Kristen Wyatt get married. Which they were, like, together the whole time. Um, Aaron Mackey and Danny Gardner now are free to get married. Okay. And Patty Murren and Colin Donnell get married Wait, so does it end in real like a life big also. wedding? Yeah. Wow. Tommy Toon is the efficient. Oh, man. This all just sounds <laughs> it like was, a bad It was dream. nonsense. Okay, Encores. No more white people. In those parts. You didn't need to or do that. Or justify it. Justify it by having him, like, having them pull his mustache off and be like, you're just a white guy pretending to be a Mexican guy. Also, your portrayal of Mexicans is offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Why you gotta be like that? Yeah. It was nuts. They should have had, like, a real, like, an actual Mexican person in the ensemble who then, at that moment, could have popped. They were like, hey. And then he could have also been like, hey. Yeah. Offensive. Yeah. Well. What well, a bust. Well, you wish I could have seen all those performers because well, that, yeah. I mean, that cast, you yeah. look at that cast list and you're like, holy yeah. shit. Fascinating. And rhythm. then you're like, Lady Be Good, what oh. the fuck is that? Well, that's the other thing. Um, Tommy Toon, not discounting the 
national treasure that is Tommy Toon, but Danny Gardner, I think, had the best tap number. Well, he had a fascinating rhythm what? tap number. The song Fascinating Rhythm. Um, oh, man. It was fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking, I don't think, I don't think um, Hunter is a hoofer, but if they had done this like, like 10 years ago, they could have done it with Sutton and Hunter. Weird. Because they're brother and sister. It would be fun. Well, nobody should ever do this show, it Well, that's like. true. It's nonsense. Oh, it doesn't. I mean, I like an old timey wacky musical, so maybe they like, could make uh, it less offensive. Post showboat. Well, right, that's true. Where they were like oh, pre showboat even story. Well, they could just sense. get rid of the professor character because he was really the only one that served no purpose. That was like, I don't know who played him historically, but probably it was like the big name of the day. Right, sure. It was just like, I'm just going to do two tap numbers and that's it. Yeah. I'm going to get the fuck off the oh stage. Oh, my God. I don't know. It was nonsense. Encores. Boy. And everybody had noisy candy. Oh, encores. I think they, they've they started like selling bags of snacks there. Oh, no. That's dumb. Yeah. Like in Ugh. those clear candy store bags? No. Maybe I'm wrong, but I saw a couple people with them. Unacceptable. So I don't know if they just had them or... Unacceptable. All right. Carolee, 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 Carolee. Update. Carolee Carmelo update. I saw her this week. Yeah. I saw her. In I person. talked to her. Saw her in a show. Told her that I thought the show was real good. Told her I thought she'd have a job in the spring, which she was very comforted by. Did you tell her about this podcast? Nope. Fired. Oh, God. What's wrong with me? I'm such a basket case around everyone, but <laughs> especially her. Yeah. Like, you know, I just get nervous. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Carolee Carmelo is wonderful in Tug Everlasting. And actual really important Carolee Carmelo mm-hmm. news. Carolee Carmelo is on Instagram, yeah. you guys. And she's actually been like updating yeah. a, like, like on a daily basis the last like, you know, I don't know, week or something that she's been on. Fantastic. Everyone, her, her, it's just her, her, her handle is just Carolee Carmelo. So if you search Carolee Carmelo on the Instagram, um, you should follow her. She has only 174 followers so far. Guys, hmm. we, we can do better <laughs> for Carolee. I like this. She picture, She posted a picture of dirty snow yeah. and a um, shopping cart that said, nice to get home today. <laughs> this is the part I don't miss. Five foot piles of snow. Yeah. Did you, the one before that, she posted a, a picture of um, like stuff from a gift shop in the Atlanta airport. Mm-hmm. It says like, T-shirt says Atlanta, Georgia, and then like some Hello Kitty stuffed animals and uh, some mugs that say Atlanta and stuff like that. And it says, heading home this morning, my last view of Atlanta. Goodbye, Kitty. Oh, <laughs> good one, Carolee. Good one, Carolee. That's pretty great. Everybody follow um, Carolee Carmelo. The best picture she's posted is this picture of her, <laughs> um, the woman that plays Winnie's mother and the guy that plays Miles, who's the older Tuck son mm-hmm. and Beth Lovell and they're all playing banana grams. <gasps> I didn't realize that was Beth Lovell. Oh my god, that's Beth Lovell. Yeah. Only because she's making a crazy face and she's not in costume, which makes sense. Right. She was just chilling yeah. backstage. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, so Carolee Carmelo on Instagram. Pretty excellent. Do it, everybody. Now I can retroactively go tag her in all my photos. Nope, just kidding. Would not do that. <laughs> kind of hope she doesn't look at my Instagram. I'm gonna follow her and stuff. Yeah. But I'm like Listen, as long as she doesn't find out about the hashtag Divine Mother Carolee. Oh, yeah. Because that's where all of my Carolee pictures are. Ah. <laughs> mm. It's just a lot of weird. Well, 
now we've made it a thing though. It's beyond you. Okay. You know what I mean? People say that to us now. So What? What do you mean? DMC. DMC. Yeah. <gasps> right. So it's not weird anymore. Like we made it a thing. We made it a but thing. But you could just be like, that's so everyone finds them who knows DMC. Right. <laughs> no, nobody else is allowed to use the hashtag Divine Mother Carolee on Instagram because that's how I organize all of my Carolee pictures. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm just the only person that's ever used that hashtag. Wait, the whole Divine Mother Caroline on DMC? No, I hashtag Divine Mother Caroline because nothing else comes up when you search Divine Mother Caroline as a full hashtag. So all of my Caroline related Instagrams Mm -hmm. are that. So if I am like, quick, I need to find this picture of Caroline. I can search my own hashtag. Gotcha. It's the same thing like on our Atlanta trip. Yeah. We created our own. Our hashtag was Southern Tuck 2015. Right. I love a hashtag. Yeah. So then, yeah. and also like when I'm like pictures for my trip and yeah. I can ha- look up the hashtag and yeah. they're all there. That's good. I love an event specific hashtag. Yeah. We had our own, we had our own road trip hashtag Great. and I have my own Carolee hashtag. Everyone follow Carolee. Do and, it. Um, tell her that she's awesome. Yeah. You know what? I had a thought while we were, when after we saw the show. Um, that I realized that I realized that um, if Cara Lee were mainstream famous, she would be the Connie Britton of hair. Do you know what I mean? Well, Connie Britton's already the Connie Britton of but hair. You, okay, I'm not. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's got great hair. She's got real great hair. Yeah, really great hair. Yeah. I think she would like. I think that if she was like mainstream famous, people mm. would treat her hair the way saying. they treat uh, Connie Britton's hair. Yeah. Where okay. it is like a, an entity unto itself. Yes. Anyway, that's all. Love <laughs> Carolee Carmelo. So she's the Connie Britton of Broadway. Yes. Yes. Got it. Yeah. She's, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Hair. Can't wait to see her on Finding Neverland. Me too. So oh, I'm so curious about that yeah. show. March 15th, first preview. Yes. And that is also the opening of Hunchback at Paper Mill. God damn it, I'm going to miss first preview. Yeah. I'll go to second okay. preview. Yep. Now it's time for the Laura Benanti Tweet, tweet of, of the week. week. This is all you, baby. Laura Benanti tweeted at 9.50 a.m. on February 6th. Yep, you nailed it, brand new toilet paper roll. I prefer my toilet paper in long, skinny shreds. Toilet paper tinsel, if you will. <laughs> that's that is that's the worst. Oh my god, it's that is just a really funny joke because that's real. That is real, real, real life. Great joke. Uh, Great joke, Laura. Been yeah. there. A few weeks ago, I was had that I had that happen to me and I was like, oh, oh, what's a joke about this? And then I gave up. And Laura Benanti did it because she does everything perfectly. Stars. They're just like They're us. They're just like us. They hate it when that toilet paper roll is all uh, fucked up. It's the worst. It's the worst. You know what I hate? You know what happened to me recently that is toilet paper adjacent? I yes. mean, it is toilet paper related, but this joke adjacent. Mm-hmm. I was in a public bathroom the other day that had one of those rolls that had like a top roll and the bottom uh-huh. roll. And I was like, went to pull toilet paper and was pulling toilet paper from both rolls, uh. you know? But that's sort of, that's like living like a king. <laughs> so then you're getting like quadruple ply. Take all the toilet paper. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at, at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty N Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us, and leave us a comment, and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go, go see live theater! theater.